Yeah? Okay. Start again. Ehu mai kai kamai luna mai e O na me honana O na mele e Ehu mai Ehu mai Ehu mai Ehu mai kai kamai luna mai e O na me O na mele e humai 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 ikai kamai luna mai e O na me O na mele e don't be too quick, my friends, to cross the threshold from this world to the one calling you home. You may want to hesitate for a moment before beginning your great adventure. For the bridge upon which you shall walk will disappear behind you, and a great unknowingness obscure the way ahead. Listen to the voices of madness already calling you home. Come naked into the mystery. This is the high path, no railings. Everything for nothing. Toss your garments to the winds. And if there lives within you a devotion to this insanity, keep moving. Otherwise, hug tight your clothing and return to the land of the sleeping. Remember, the line is disappearing behind you. Oops, it's too late. You've crossed the line. Here, take my hand. It takes one lunatic to recognize another. <laughs> and we each in our own way know this, don't we? That the path upon which we walk, towards which our heart has turned, is an ever deeper movement into the unknowable, into the infinite, into the mystery. And the degree to which we can feel comfortable within ourselves Departing from the familiar and the apparent securities that a life that we once lived appeared to promise us is the degree to which we step onto a landscape of unimaginable possibility and potential. And thank goodness there are those who have gone before us, who have blessed us with, with their journey, Their words encourage us and fortify us to proceed with this insanity and to no longer live a life of certainty where, where, where we feel like we have a yellow brick road upon which to walk and a Google map to show us the way ahead. It's a courageous journey, isn't it? 
you know, and women and men of the ages like St. John of the Cross and the beloved Rabia of India, Julian of Norwich, Rumi, Hafiz, Shams, Attar, these great ones who have given us words to fortify us and renew us and, and help guide us on this adventure into the unknowable. And it takes such courage, doesn't it? I mean, remember Jacob in chapter 32 of Genesis when he crosses the Jabbok River with his servants and his cattle and his family and he leaves them on the one side and then he goes back on the other side. And there he's visited by God and they grapple and they fight through the night and at the dawning of the new day, God says to Jacob, hey, you know, i got to go now. <laughs> and Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. So they fight some more, they wrestle, struggle. And then as the first light of day hits the surface of the Jabbok River, God says to Jacob, henceforth you shall be called Israel, the one who grapples with the God of truth and of love. Christ wandered the desert all by himself. The Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree alone. Are you willing to stand naked and solitary before all that inhibits the fruition of your homecoming? You're more than ready for the great adventure entrusted to you. For deep within you, restless and waiting, is the courage of an African lion, just like Mandela, roaring your song of homecoming, prowling the prison bars of its incarceration, longing for the liberation of your loveliness once and for all. So the choice is ours, my friend, yours and mine. Unwilling to go to the places that scare you, you will live in a fortress of fear for all time. Unwilling to populate those hidden corridors of shadow, those passageways shall receive your darkening footfalls for all time. So plunge into the ravine as Jacob did. Stand naked and solitary beside the great river of your life. Enter the darkness Discover only light and be steadfast in your resolution and a great roar will accompany you to the other side. And you too shall be blessed with the glory of truth and love as Jacob was beside the Jabbok River on the banks where you both now stand. And as the radiance of a new day dawns around you, throw yourself to the ground before the great altar of your life. Move to the genesis of your humanity and your divinity. Return yourself to yourself. Demand the blessing of your birthright. Turn towards the promised land, my friends. Let's turn towards the promised land. For you are the light of the world. 
and shall be called Israel also, the one who grapples with the God of truth and the God of love. So I'm going to clip this on now, so there might be a lot of noise. Is that okay? you've noticed, oh there we go, so perhaps you've noticed, it's like when we turn to the truth, when we turn to the light, when we turn deeply and seriously to the possibility of freedom, authentic and true within the topography of this precious human life that we share, so often we're met with everything that obscures the loveliness that we already are. Have you noticed that? It seems to be the way it happened. St. John of the Cross called it the dark night of the soul, where there's a purification of our relationship with the senses so that we're no longer governed by the senses, but that we participate deeply within this precious human life in a way that's unmediated by the world, but we are deeply within the fabric of life, ceaselessly responsive to the suffering and the glories that come our way. So of course it's impossible in an hour to go into all the different ways that, that, that you know, we each in our own beautiful and individual way come face to face with self-acknowledgement, hopefully, to those places that scare us, those places where we're not yet free. But one of the, the glories of Mandela is that somehow he had a capacity to see the highest in others. You know, in, the, in this vision of a nation devoted to reconciliation and a capacity to forgiveness that certainly this mind could never understand. He kind of was an exemplar and an example of how incredible the human heart is when it's awakened and when it's overflowing with love. And somehow he was able to see both the best in people, the highest in people, and to also acknowledge the facts, see the bigger picture. He sort of took our nation, all of us, by the scruff of the neck and said, my God, do we want to descend into civil war and violence or do we want to seize this moment and see what's possible? And for the first time in the history of the planet, those in power negotiated the end of their power. So inspiring for me, perhaps for you too. So I stand before you now, all smoke, mirrors and mystery, as do you standing before me right now. Two divine holograms, Kim reflecting and refracting one another's perfect loveliness and imperfect loveliness, both. Oh my God, look, the hologram's shifting. (laughs) Smoke and mirrors come into play. I stand before you now a miracle of perfection, absolute perfection, whole, undivided, pure love, utterly trustworthy. So you, standing before me 
right now. One great perfection, flowering as you, flowering as me, before the altar of truth. Whoop. The hologram shifting again. Smoke and mirrors come into play, and I stand before you now, a miracle of relative imperfection, my friend. Appearing as Gavin, a human being, you know, a schmuck, a personality, an ego, a body, changeable, fallible, ultimately imperfect. As are you, standing before me right now. How amazing. We are wondrous. We are holy. And we are called to do a great dance together. So let's cast a sacred circle around us. And let's stop. Take off our dancing shoes. Pause in prayer together before proceeding across the dance floor. So, my friends, may we come to know within ourselves what is utterly perfect, and may we recognize that self-same perfection in others. May we live in fidelity to that perfection, fortifying our devotion to the highest of one another. And within the same holographic dance, May we take great care with the relative imperfections of each other. Not as fault, but as fact. Hmm. Abandoning forever our vainglorious endeavors to find perfection where it is just not possible. That would be like, you know, tiptoeing on a minefield. Walking on eggshells, expecting the impossible, a violence to both of us. And may we never close. May we never close our hearts to one another, even when we have to step back from our dance for a while. May we be willing to stay connected even when it's time for us to move away. Love never means becoming a doormat to someone. Don't dance if you don't want to dance. Dragging our disappointments across the dance floor is no fun, is it? (laughs) And may you never be caught in the headlights of my unwillingness. you just the way you are. Divine and human, both. And please return the favor. So these are the steps of our dancing. Relatively two, absolutely one. Now let's get on with dancing. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) And at some point, each of us in our own way in our own beautiful time, because we all like the most beautiful flowers, individual like no other flowers on earth have ever been or are or will be, all resourced from the one ground, that ocean of love, that primordial essence already given, 
perfection, we flower. And there's this dawning realization that deep within us from the very beginning is the great story of our lives. Throw yourself to the ground, my friend. Lay your ear to the earth and listen for the melody of that story. There you go. Can you hear it? It's there, rooted within you. Beautiful, beyond describing, isn't it? Uh huh. <laughs> Awaiting your dancing. Are you settling for anything less than your story, your song? Discover the meaning already seeded within you. And as we all die to the small stories and the little songs, may the requiem of their passing herald the glory of our homecoming. Give way into the sacred arc of this precious life. Your story, your song, home. And unfortunately, it just seems to be the way it is. Often the more deeply we touch the infinite capacity for love that is there, the more the light that we are illuminates our movement through the world, the more we're given the great blessing of seeing those places where that life, that light is not yet shining. Have you noticed that? This idea that there's this great time where you can like cross the line and then over here you can like kick back and um, it's all over, it's all done, you know. Such an illusion, you know. If we're not living in fidelity to the truth, whether we the Buddha or anyone else, we suffer. And so, awakening is a verb. It's like, are we willing to live in obedience to that which we know? Just the deepest devotion to the immediate, to the majesty of the immediate, or not. And I have the great good fortune to live in Hawaii, on the big island, and the chant, Ehumai, is a chant asking the forces of the divine, of great wisdom, to move through us all as we hear together, to bless us in our togetherness. And this active volcano is an incredible miracle of nature. She is birthing new land moment to moment and flowing into the ocean. And uh, Franco and I, (laughs) our dangerous edge tours to... To the, to the lava flow where it's a sort of madness, you know, acres of land can fall into the ocean, you know, and there you are like two little hobbits like Frodo and Sam, you know, oh my God, look at that, you know. <laughs> this poem is uh, I titled Prayer to Pelly. There was no intimation, my beloved, of the raging fire into which this life would fall. Every part of me 
carries the scar tissue of this inferno. It's a miracle to me from which direction you will erupt or where you will have your way next. Beloved Pele, goddess of fire, I cast myself upon the molten landscape of your benevolence and I am willing to be a child of fire forevermore. This is my humble prayer. Birth within me the courage of a firewalker, and may the flames within this bloodstream never deflect me from my longing for you, nor fray the edges of my resolve. Bring heat, destruction, and lava flow to every landscape of this life. Burn whatsoever you must, and do so now. Have your way everywhere incinerate all inhibition and mediocrity, smolder within as intimation and possible... Oops. <laughs> smolder within as intimation and possibility and show, throw giant shadows across the topography of my forgetfulness. And like the majesty of Kilauea, be unforgiving in your destruction of everything that separates me from you. Beloved Pele, goddess of fire, burn me to ashes and fling me at the feet of my beloved forever. And it can be so disappointing, can't it, when we enter the fire and we begin to see that we were not quite the angels that we thought we were, and maybe not as awake as we imagined ourselves to be. You know? You know, and maybe th- that humility and that humbling is critical, you know, that, we, that we always are students of the moment and uh, humbled by, by um, the magnitude of the sense of, of love that's possible and living in fidelity to that possibility. And one of the things that, certainly for me, perhaps for you too, over the years, that's felt really important is to be willing not to get lost in my translation of experiences. You know how easy it is when an experience happens, a center of gravity, before you know it, appears within the experience. And then there's immediately a reference, a good, a bad experience. And then it defines us to some extent. It's lost in translation. Are you living a lateral life, looking for home where it cannot be found? applying the horizontal for significance and depth while skimming the surface of this precious life. Populating the spiritual smorgasbord out there, gathering experience upon experience unto yourself, dipping, sipping, where more is better, and less will just not do. A junkie in search of the next spiritual fix. 
paradise lost, paradise found, searching, seeking, while frustrating the depths of who you really are. Stop! Lights will flash. Your hackles will rise and fall. Energy will exit every orifice of your body. Apparitions will arise and vanish, terrible and titillating. Visions will come and visions will go. Your knees will knock, your teeth will tremble, your heart will overflow with love and with fear. You will stumble, you will burp, you will fumble, you will fart. Don't get lost within your experience in your translation of experience, giving them a significance they do not have. You may not want to gauge your spiritual development in this neighborhood either. All experiences... I've lost it. All experiences come and go. That is their nature. Rest stops on your great adventure of awakening, not awakening itself. Let's turn towards ground zero, that emptiness wherein all experiences are born and to which they return. Plummet into the depths of who you truly are. Give way into the vertical and you will discover your true nature, not by will or by design, but by happenstance and by grace. And then all experiences will be known for what they are and for what they could never be. Now we stand on that sacred ground where vicissitudes no longer surround us the unchanging ground of nowhere. Don't get lost within your translation of experiences. There's this wonderful poem by Rumi which includes this injunction where he says, God moves us from one thing to another and teaches by means of opposites so that we have two wings to fly, not one. The wing of understanding and wisdom and the wing of love. This is so congruent with the Dharma of the Buddha. The importance that there be a mutual flowering of both of these capacities of the heart-mind so that we're not unbalanced on the landscapes of wisdom without there being a concomitant flowering of the heart in its capacity to love and to be compassionate. And Mandela, for me, was such an incredible reminder of how eminently possible it is to move within the most complicated of circumstances with a heart overflowing with love and with wisdom.
And in the spirit of the rainbow revolution, raise a fist of freedom to the sky, my friends. Touch the ground as the Buddha did. Seize your birthright and let the occupation begin. Occupy your heart and let the walls to your loving come crumbling down. Occupy your indignation that anything less than love will just not do. Occupy your willingness to never forget who you are ever again. Raise your voice to the sky and shout your true name to the heavens above. Occupy an honesty to this moment and move from the sacred ground of your knowing. Remember the Big Bang, that great miracle of creation? Something out of nothing? Well, we are this moment's expression of that creative force. Let's occupy, my friends, the force of nature that we are. And if anyone messes with our occupation, let's set up camp anywhere and everywhere. Because this here, this moment, is where the rubber hits the road. So raise your fist. Come on. Open. Grab the sky. Touch the ground. Seize your birthright. Unfurl great wings. Occupy all streets everywhere with our loving. Isn't it incredible how one man who spent 27 years of his life on a tiny little island off the southernmost tip of Africa, the, the majesty of that heart has reverberated around the world. And it's, for me, such an incredible challenge and a reminder that while this love that we are move, of course, hopefully, in every direction around us, that it extend all around the world, that there are no beings outside the purvey of that loving. And as Sean said, my life is intricately interwoven with the orphaned and vulnerable children in South Africa. I have the great good fortune to be alive and perpendicular breathing after living with HIV AIDS for 30 years, where so many have not been blessed with the kind of medical attention and the options that I have. And th this poem I wrote in South Africa, after being with these children one day, so overwhelmed by their goodness and their capacity for joy in spite of it all. The children of Africa. Throw yourself to the ground, my friends, before the children of Africa. Allow your heart to harmonize with the drumbeat of the great continent. 
taste the soil as sacrament and ancient memory because this is the landscape from which we all came and to which we now return. Witness the eyes of young ones witnessing your homecoming for these who have nothing may have everything for you today. Gaze into the glory of a child without accumulation. Stand naked before young ones unclothed within the raiment of privilege and of entitlement. Pray before the tears of these who are unschooled. Pray before the tears of these who are neglected into violence and into poverty. They are unschooled in hope, security, and promise. And as we bow before young ones who have nothing, may we find a thankfulness for all that we've been given. And with the rising of the mists across the Ufafa Valley and the Valley of a Thousand Hills in the morning, touching the walls of the orphanage today, may we fall to our knees before the mirror before us. And with the uplifting of clouds within, may we recognize the innocence that we always were, are, and always will be. And may God bless Africa and her children forever. And like many in this room, deep roots in the beautiful Dharma of the Buddha and the beautiful teachings on the Brahma-viharas, the capacity of the heart to love, to be moved and overflowing with compassion, with mudita, sympathetic joy, happiness and the happiness of others. This inestimable, inestimable glory of discovering within us a groundswell of great-heartedness that at last can let things be the way they are. That in the end, all of these beautiful practices are nothing more, they seem to be nothing more than jump-starting what was always there, just waiting for our arrival. This ocean of love, always there, ready to welcome us home. What a relief that we don't have to send out a search party to identify our heart's deepest longing. I live in a really beautiful place and my neighbors are the pigs and the macadamia nut trees. This poem titled Anchor. 
You did it again, my beloved, calling me from dream time naked and shivering into the full moonlight. Great white owls crisscross the sky, casting giant shadows into the perfect loveliness of the night. An assembly of pigs parted the grass before us as you dislodged an anchor dropped into this fleeting world long, long ago. The winds from Waipio Valley hurled clouds across the heavens as showers from Polalu Valley inducted me into the mysteries, casting, anointing my head with moonbeams and raindrops, scattering a million gems upon a sacred moment, blessing and sanctifying the holy ground of North Kohala. Sing your songs through me, my beloved, and I will dance your melody as no one has before. Anchorless, untethered, naked, I am yours forever and ever. Amen. Do we go to 9.15? Mm-hmm. How nice. <laughs> well, I'm happy. <laughs> so, this might sound a little scary. It almost sounds scary to me. I'm going to close with this poem and then open up to see if, we, if there's an adventure we're going to, we're going to have together for a while. But in the morning when you wake up, terrifying as it might be, my prayer is that you will hear these words as as you wake up in the morning. May a kaleidoscope of possibilities greet you at the dawning of this new day. May everything that is new, beautiful, and true find its way between the fluttering of your eyelashes as they open to the majesty of this new day. May your heart release its gift before thought and self-involvement obscure the way ahead. And may your footsteps, born of silence, unfettered by habit and by repetition, I got lost in your eyes there. I've forgotten that. <laughs> and, may your, and may this daybreak midwife footsteps born of silence, unfettered by habit and repetition. <sighs> and may you follow the thread of love winding outward from your awakening heart into a world anticipating your love. New Day, may we all remember without forgetting the infinite blessing that we are as we step together into the great adventure calling us home. (coughs) Mahalo.
Giabonga Gakulu, and thank you. Just have a moment together in silence, please, if we may. Thank you. So this is an opportunity to go wherever it is you would like to go in these remaining 15 minutes together. Thank you. Yeah. I was wondering if you knew much about the island that Nelson Mandela was on the, with the prison. Someone told me it was actually an island where tribal leaders would go to become leaders before it was a prison. And I thought that was an interesting story, considering that he went there and then came back. Do you know anything about that? Well, Robben Island was always this place that we could see as young children when we were on holiday in Cape Town. And the, we were told there were terrible people on, and that you, you, you couldn't swim to or from it because the currents were so strong that you would die. And... Um, what it was before it became a political prison, there's some conjecture and uncertainty. But the San people uh, are said to have had a presence there long, long ago. They're the people of the Kalahari that were referred to at one time as the, the Bushmen, the Bush people. And it I mean, it's an amazing thing to visit Robben Island. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, there are people here, I'm sure, who've been to Robben Island. I mean, it's a place of pilgrimage, you know, and it's unimaginable to think that Nelson Mandela spent 27 years in a room that wasn't much larger than this platform that I'm sitting on. And that, you know, he was, and others were subjected to the indignity of being transported out to a quarry where they chopped rocks every day and, uh, and where he contracted tuberculosis, you know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Can you say something about the relationship with, between love and creation? I mean, where does your word come from, the poetic ah. words? And yeah. Thank you. What does it mean for you? <laughs> I experienced that the moment where creation occurs in my life are always moments where I'm not here anymore. There is a space of emptiness in myself. There's a space? Of emptiness ah. in, my, yeah. in myself. Mm. And of gratitude in my heart. Mm. And I would like to find the taste of that more and more. Ah. And ah. I know it's not a question of willing that, but I really felt connected mm. to your poetry words ah. and 
I was uh, curious about your process and how does it ah. come in your life and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is no answer. No, I mean it's what you said so beautifully. It's um There's this beautiful line in the 13th century mystical text, The Cloud of Unknowing, unknown author, where he says, lift up your heart to God with naked intent, not for the gifts of God or the blessings of God, but for the sake of God, or not for the blessings of truth or the blessings of creativity, but just for the sake of truth, for the sake of God. And I think, as you said so beautifully, it's when there is a kind of vacancy, what he calls poverty, where there's, where there's no one there with a gender, which is the heart of the meditation that was offered here, you know, to, to experience that which is not personal, then it's almost like all the gates are open. And there can be this incredible expression of creativity, force of nature. I mean, the book, you know, it started off, it was just going to be text, you know, 50 poems. And it, it really, truly had its way with me. And in some ways, it's been the fiercest teacher I've ever had. Um, each poem sort of carrying an injunction that I'd be absolutely sure that every part of me in this moment, not when I wrote it, but in this moment, is congruent with that to which it's pointing. And the only way that that kind of uh, unity with the divine, with the unknowable, can happen is in a field where, where there's no agenda and where there's no center. And it becomes increasingly... Um, as, it, as its familiarity begins to inform all of who we are on every level, it becomes increasingly uh, the ground from which life is lived and the words are spoken and the actions are made. And you know, that's the majesty of spiritual practice that hopefully at some point there's birthed within us this infinite wisdom of the heart, the progeny of the heart, of the relinquishment of everything, including the practices, including the books and the teachings and everything, where something comes forward and it, it, it's, oh, words are so difficult here, it has its, its way with whatever vestiges of resistance to its, to its majesty, anything that's resistant, eventually just give way. And then it's like, uh, I love the word sedition, which means undermining the prevailing government. And it feels like, like, hopefully, whatever we're doing here at the mothership, at Spirit Rock, and everywhere else on the planet is seditious in its most fundamental sense. And if it's not, I don't think that the freedom is... is is all that it might be. It's conditioned, as opposed to unconditioned. Mm. That was a very 
rambling response to your question. <laughs> I hope there was something in there of... <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing. Um, I'm at a point in my life or spiritual path where where most of my waking hours are somewhat dictated by one self-belief or fear or another, in particular belief in my own unlovability and uh, like deep down I'm, I'm an evil person yeah. and, and there's often a sense of, of trying to ward off uh, some kind of chaos or loss of control in the future and yeah. often leads me to try to just do, do whatever I could do to, to prove my worth or to, to get control of a situation um, and, and it's been a wonderful and very fruitful path the last few years just waking up more and more to to how much that is uh, a big part of of what my life is right now and and I have a basic awareness practice which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people in the room but a, a meditation practice daily sitting practice and retreat practice and and also have found um, in the last couple of years as part of my practice, um, writing each day or a few days to to mix it up a little bit, but some reminders to myself that I actually, when I'm not sitting, doing sitting or, or listening to a talk or reading or something, uh, the intention is to 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 go through these um, reminders, which which point to the, the present moment and and particular areas where I know that I'm. I'm working with and and just inquiring a little bit deeper to what's going on and into what what this is uh, this mystery we're in and and so I have found it helpful to use words in that way and I'm just wondering um, if you could remember it at a point in your practice or where where the heart you spoke of was so so clouded still yeah. and um, and and how, what your practice was with that, and 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 if words, pointers came into play, and 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 whatever you want to say around any of what I just said, or <laughs> none of it. <laughs> and I want to share that this microphone's now like dripping with sweat because because <laughs> my hands were so sweaty sharing that. It's amazing how we can treat ourselves the way we'd never treat other people. Eh? And I hope that this is of some comfort. Are you able for a moment just to step back and feel the sincerity of the heart that was asking those questions, the heart that was writing down those words, 
the heart that goes to retreats, the heart that has a spiritual practice, not to be puffed up, but just to tell the truth to yourself. Do you feel in any way, can you tell me what your name is? Mitchell. Mitchell. Can you feel in any way within you the sincerity that sourced those questions and the vulnerability? Do you have any sense of that? Somewhat dimly right now because I'm still yeah. my heart's still racing from yeah, yeah. from asking it. But, okay, but I'm going to come over. <laughs> you know, each of us, if if we're willing to be as honest as you are, and as frank, telling the truth to ourselves, that if we're willing to do that, in some ways. That's all that we need to do. You know, in the Gnostic Gospel of Christ, he says, what we bring forth from within us will save us. What we don't bring forth will destroy us. And most human beings don't tell themselves the truth, and so therefore they are swimming in the unacknowledged or the unwillingness to acknowledge. And so my prayer is that you find within yourself, in what sounds like it's challenging, and yes, you know, I have known decades of, you know, you know, of real confusion and cycles of self-hatred and unworthiness. But just that sincerity of heart, that, that, that willing to show up again and again to just this moment, slowly, slowly, step by step, drop by drop, one day we find ourselves, by the grace of the infinite mystery, a lot less mediated from those forces and those words that once broke our hearts, you know? I mean, if, if, if I was Hafiz, you know, the 13th century Persian uh, uh, mystical poet, I lived in Iran for five years, so I'm going to be real presumptuous here, and I'm going to channel Hafiz Mitchell. Is, is that okay? That's okay. <laughs> Do you know how beautiful you are? I think not, my dear. But as you talk of God, I see great parades with wildly colorful bands streaming from your heart and mind carrying wonderful and secret messages to every corner of this world. I see saints bowing in the mountains hundreds of miles away at the wonder that breaks into light from your most common words. Tell me of squirrels and friends, turkeys and hawks that you know. Unleash your legion of nightingales and let them soar wild and free in the sky, Mitchell. And let's begin to sing to God. Do you know how beautiful you are? I think not, my dear. Yet we all could put you on a stage and worship you forever. Sometimes we the very last to know how beautiful we are. And you live in a community full of amazing hearts. 
and how wonderful that the wisdom of your heart brings you here, where you, hopefully you have many mirrors reminding you that the stories that you're telling yourself are just not true. Well, we've passed the witching hour. I don't know how flexible the mothership is. How flexible is the mothership, Sean? <laughs> sedition, sedition. Sedition. <laughs> yeah, if, if people would like to stay and ask more questions, I think there's no reason for us to stop. But if people do need to go, then um, absolutely, that would be a great absolutely. time to uh, to honor. And let's say we'll we'll go on just for another like five minutes, so that if there's anything pressing, anything that there's an opportunity for that. So we won't go more than five minutes. Hi, Gavin. I'm Brendan. Hi, Brendan. Um, hi. Uh, my wife brought me here tonight for my 43rd birthday. Oh, gosh. Muscle and, uh, we f- Thank you. Thank you. We flew up from Los Angeles, and I'm reflecting on the fact that I've spent the last 43 years reflecting and, you know, judging the past and looking forward to the next 43 with fear and anxiety. Ah. And I just wanted to thank you for your open heart and the power of your open heart to open mine. And I felt like in this last hour I was here and present with everybody here, not looking backwards, not looking forwards. And just the magic of that moment, and you know, thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Well, there we go. <laughs> I'm going to be in LA next weekend. I don't know if you're going to be there. We'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. At, well, ins- right. at Inside LA. Mm. Oh. What day? Uh, s- Saturday. So yeah, it'll be a it'll be a couple of hours of of a poetry, maybe music. I don't know. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's such an honor and a privilege to be on the mothership. <laughs> More than the mothership to be with you. Really, thank you so much. Mahalo, Gia Bonga. Bless your heart. <laughs>